All right, welcome to Charm the Water. My name's Aaron David. Man, I haven't done this in a while. I've just been uh, super busy. And uh, one of the things, I guess the nighttime visitors told Kelly, there's so much I haven't really recorded. Um, and it's kind of blurry now, so that's unfortunate. And uh, the consequence of not doing these often, like uh, the experiences almost become lost. Um, but let me just check something here. They told Kelly something like, uh, you don't have time for us. Something to that effect. I forget the exact wording. Uh, and it, uh, it has been true, uh, at least as of recent. So uh, part of... This is me getting back to relating the experiences as a hermetic practitioner. And uh, number one reason <laughs> so for future reference, uh, because, uh, you know, just because, because. Uh, so this was when Moon was in Scorpio. It was last month. Um, Kelly wakes up and she just starts spitting out details. She said, there's a woman in the room. She's like a shadow figure. She's got red eyes and like Egyptian style hair. Uh, and just prior to this, she'd woken up. I don't remember. It was probably within the week. I don't think it was the same night. She said there were three spiders up above us, above our bed. And this is a super common occurrence is a spider showed up. She sees a spider of some sort <clears throat> in vision. And uh, I associated them with Saturn. But um, perhaps, um, I, I don't know. It's something I, I noticed the revised 777 had spider listed. So I found that very interesting. And... Uh, in this instance, paired with the experience of the Egyptian woman with red eyes, shadowy, sort of a um, angry aspect of who I believe is Sir Ket, the woman with the scorpion hairpiece, um, Egyptian goddess, uh, specifically controlling uh, the throat and breath and is associated with scorpions as well. And so scorpions, stings, blindness, etc. A big Scorpio mojo. Uh, yeah, big Scorpio mojo. And this was a moon in Scorpio event. So uh, I took that as that's not good. It's not a good omen. Uh, for Circuit to show up in angry form, this is probably not good times ahead, uh, uh, some sort of signaling of that. And sure enough, uh, I've not had time for anything. Uh, it's just been a pretty stressful time all around uh, for numerous uh, reasons and issues. But uh, <clears throat> Scorpio is something I very much... Uh, seem to have big mojo with. And uh, so, of course, um, the constellation, more than any of the others representing the transformation through death of some sort, and uh, big mojo stuff, big secret, occult, 
Mojo stuff, <laughs> Scorpio stuff. But Cirquette, uh specifically, and this woman with black hair and um, a scorpion hairpiece, uh, even three scorpions showing up in the garden area in a specific uh, location before. I just have so many scorpionic experiences and that's, after uh, looking at that, that's absolutely mythological about the three protector scorpions. They even have names, but uh, I wondered at the um, parallel to spiders, three spiders above the bed around the same time as this Egyptian angry goddess shows up in the bedroom with red eyes. Uh, so again, that was Moon and Scorpio. So that's a while back. I didn't journal uh, this or record it just for reasons already stated. So I'm just now getting around to it. <clears throat> okay, so last night, this is uh, March 3rd, yesterday, 2023. Uh, the moon enters Leo and Leo as well is very big mojo for me. Very, very big mojo for me. And I'm going to pull up my natal chart. If I have it saved in here, I don't. Uh, but I do have my Venus initiation saved in here. And um, we had Dragon's Head and Leo in the seventh. And the moon on the midheaven with Saturn and Mars and Scorpio. This was my uh, magical initiation night. And um, <clears throat> so point is, Dragon's Head and Leo, uh, Jupiter was conjunct as well. And this was around my vertex, uh, or the vertex, I should say. Uh, all of that's very potent stuff in my own natal chart. So anytime moon rolls around on Leo, it's the most common time for Kelly to be waking up in the night and tell me some visitor is there for some reason. But last night, she wakes up and uh, she's kind of angry. And she said something's in the bathroom, like trying to get her attention and she's trying to sleep. So it's been a rough couple of weeks, two or three weeks. And we definitely both need our sleep. So um, she was pretty aggravated and just kind of said, go away. And uh, she said she wasn't bothered by it the rest of the night. But this morning, she told me it was a uh, boy shadow figure, a young boy shadow figure in the bathroom. He would not come out of the bathroom. And I had left the bathroom door open um, last night. And uh, I was just thinking, prior to this, I had read that Rahu, one of the things that attracts Rahu is a dirty bathroom. And just, just kind of interesting. I just recently read that. But, um, uh, of course, there's images of Rahu as a humanoid figure with serpent body riding a tiger or lioness, lion, tiger. I'm not sure. With some of the art, it's so fantastical in the first place. I'm not quite sure, but... In my mind, this is an association of Rahu and Leo. <clears throat> and uh, there's just big, 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 potent magical stuff around Leo. And specifically for me, when that hits the vertex, anti-vertex, 
uh, anti-vertex, of course, if Leo is the vertex, we'll have Aquarius as the anti-vertex. And uh, again, a lot of stuff in my natal chart pertaining to, uh, pertaining to that area of the anti-vertex. <clears throat> so uh, my own dreams that night, or last night, uh, were very disturbing. <laughs> And this, uh, I have marked on the magical calendar here, Saturday the 4th, which is today, I have a red frowny face. Uh, this is because uh, this is a day of Saturn and moon in Leo. So uh, Leo is an adversity of Saturn. And uh, so we only have two unhappy faces. One is... Uh, today, March 4th, and the next. Uh, it's actually not until May 1st, uh, again with Moon and Leo on a Saturday. So um, definitely my dream experience would have uh, paired with the unhappy face. <laughs> so I did journal the dream as soon as I got up, <clears throat> and I'll read it now. For the sake of posterity. Alright. Uh, I dreamt I was in some Russian hell. I was with thousands of others. All were filthy. Uh, so let me, let me pause there and fill some of that out. Uh, it seemed like it was Russia. Um, no doubt about it. It just was Russia. There was old Soviet era, like... Uh, camouflage stuff on the buildings and stuff. And, uh, but it was like an underworld version. Uh, the food was contaminated with nuclear, the food and water, uh, nuclear, um, I guess, radiation was affecting it. And everybody knew this. Uh, what choice did they have but to drink the water? So there were very horrible biological things happening with everyone. And it was truly a, like a hellscape. Uh, as well, Russian society being like famous for uh, its, you know, uh, might is right philosophy um, certainly was uh, present in the dream as well. Just like... Um, very masculine authoritarian figures in control of everything by the hand of violence. So, uh, but the main authority in this dream was a queen, female figure. So uh, continuing reading, the men were violently aggressive. I beat one of them with my fist again and again. I struck him. He must know that I am his superior. The Russian queen noticed me and took me as her own. I was selected to stand at her wings during her public appearance. So everybody in this like hellscape was trying to set things in order. It's like when your boss comes by your workplace and he's, you know, he may drop in once or twice a week and everybody like <laughs> in an emergency state tries to get everything, you know, in tip top order. It was like that was going on. And I was just kind of like 
aghast at everything I was seeing around me. And uh, it was sickening, absolute sickening feeling uh, in this hellscape of, you know, something like out of Mad Max, uh, people's lives uh, were lived out. Just, it was bad. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was kind of wandering around lost and the queen and her retinue came by and someone, somehow I was noticed and kind of grabbed up for this, um, I guess job of some sort in something ritual-esque. So, uh... The Russian queen noticed me and took me as her own. I was selected to stand at her wings during her public appearance. And I mean wings as in, as she walked the back, I don't know what you call it, but that back of her robes went way behind her for many feet. And like my job was to be at the, the back of that, the wings of how it tapered, uh, her dress that was dragging along the ground. And that's what I mean by being at the, the, her wings. Uh, and this was uh, my job during her public appearance. So I almost felt like saved from what was happening around me by this event, her noticing me. Otherwise, I don't think I would have been alive very long. in this kind of might is right hellscape. Um, so she danced with me, even though I cannot dance, it was ritual. I sat next to her before thousands eating a banquet crawling with insects. And this was like really gross, man. Oh, so gross. Uh, and as the closer I got to her, she was pretty from a distance, but the closer you got, to her, like her age really showed through and her hair was dyed black and she really had some decrepitness the closer you got to her. But she didn't like uh, act embarrassed that I couldn't dance, which I was embarrassed. She was trying to dance with me and I had no, no freaking clue what to do. Absolutely none whatsoever. <laughs> it was super awkward, but she just carried through with it like um, <clears throat> non-phased. Uh, just as, you know, this is just what we do as part of this ritual-esque thing of her public appearance. And uh, I don't know, selecting a commoner to dance with for this. I, it was, I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, continuing. Uh, so everybody began to eat this food that was just crawling with bugs. Uh, that that's just how the food was that they had. And uh, I was sitting next to her and she placed some sort of parasite in my arm. I could see it moving under my skin. She called it a pet name and said it was moving to the main artery. I can't remember what she called it. She called it like a specific name. And it was like a pet name, like uh, fondness in the name. Uh, I stood and walked in her wings. I looked at my arm. Two holes were in my hand where the black cobra had bitten me in another dream. That was uh, 
If I remember, I'll get to that in a bit. I could see bone and my arm had weathered and become bloody. I was becoming death. My body was just decrepitating around me. Millions of Russians adored her, and hers was a cult of death. Here in this hellscape, I looked around. The water we drank was tainted. The food tainted. Life was tainted. Here is where strength was found unlike any other. And I mean that, like, it was so bad, like, it couldn't get any worse. And no matter, I knew no matter what came after this, it couldn't be as bad as this. And there was a certain strength in that. Um, I called her my queen and it was very difficult. I, I called her something else, uh, casual almost, not a title. And I got this glare and I realized, oh, that was the wrong thing. I should be using her title. So I actually said my queen, but it was really super awkward. Uh, I write that I did not like anything of what was happening, but there was no choice but to behold its unfoldment. Fear here was futile. Either you became strong or died immediately. Blood, filth, disease, disregard for life. I looked at the carpet and walls of the large Soviet-era military building we were in. Everything was rot. Only one thing mattered, the will of the queen. Death came swiftly to any opposing her. What had she chosen me for? I pondered while looking at the two gaping holes in my hand. I recognized a new strength rising in myself. I realized I was forever changed. I saw others who had not gone through this hell as weak, being fragile. I had no hope of seeing home. I had become her undead pawn. She was incredibly intimate with me before all others. Closer up her age showed. Her hair was dyed and time was weakening her facade of beauty. I, to her, seemed an object of desire. She desired subjects. It was very important that I conceded to her as my queen. A woman whose job it was to remove worms from people's feet began on my feet and then moved to the next person. Small red worms in people's rotted footwear. Total decrepitude was lived in, but being stabbed off somewhat. Yeah, it was a bad situation. (laughs) Bad, bad situation. Uh, And even as, uh, as horrible as it was, I did, as I said, already find some comfort in that I felt that she offered me safety of some sort. Um, but the trade-off was hefty uh, in that I essentially became her subject. So, uh, yeah. Saturn, uh, yeah, Saturday with Moon and Leo. The red unhappy face was appropriate. So hopefully now that that's over, we we come with a full moon Tuesday. Did I forget to write Aries there? No, that's the new moon on the 21st. So the full moon will be in Virgo. 
and then the eighth moving into Libra, and then the tenth on a Friday, Scorpio. So that will be interesting. And uh, the 18th is a green happy face on Saturday with the moon in Aquarius. I think that should probably be an interesting time. Uh, but uh, I think in my personal stuff, I think uh, balance to the stuff I'm dealing with you know, daily uh, is to get back to practice. And uh, I just kind of specifically hear that echoing in my head you don't have time for us. And um, I feel kind of bad that the shadow figure boy showed up uh, last night, obviously with some sort of, you know, they don't show up for nothing. It's always some kind of something to relay. There's something to be understood. So uh, I don't know, I guess I was so tired. I didn't push Kelly on anything. I just wanted her to get sleep and she wanted to get sleep. So. I think as well moving forward is important for to make a time during the day uh, so that they don't have to try to interrupt our sleep to give us whatever they have. And um, of course, Kelly will need to be um, both of us present uh, for that just as, but maybe like an hour, if even that, a day just set aside because there's so much that comes through that wakes us up that disrupts sleep cycles and stuff. I think it would make a lot of sense to actually plan that out and put it on a calendar. Uh, one thing that came to me last week was um, I definitely need a to-do list, daily to-do list, and uh, just to help me get along my day in the proper order <laughs> because uh, if not, I can get in trouble, uh, quickly, uh, mm, with what I do. If I get bored, uh, trouble is soon to follow. And so setting out structure, which I've never really had in my life is, is, uh, I think, I think going to be crucial to the future. And I hate saying it because it just, I get the willies even thinking about structure and, and routine and, know a militant approach uh through discipline but with what i do with trading uh discipline is something it it just brings so i guess i'm ready to become more dis disciplined i already have become tremendously disciplined in many ways through that and uh it is a martial art absolutely 100 percent. it's a martial art and i would recommend a uh, book of five rings for those interested in what I mean by a martial art and their approach to life through a discipline. So maybe I can get some inspiration from uh, for a, a daily to-do list that isn't overbearing, uh, which is what I've tended to do with daily to-do list in the past is uh, just make them impossible. There's too much on it and it's just, I. I just won't follow through. So making a to-do list that's actually realistic and that I am highly probable to carry through with it, you know, in a day-to-day uh, -day way until I, you know, adapt to it. It's just what I do. Uh, 
I don't know why that's so difficult. It's like if you have a job, you show up. Kelly's like, I, I know you can do it, <laughs> like structure, but <laughs> because when I had an hourly job, I would would show up on time most of the time <laughs> and do what I'm supposed to do and then go home. And it's like, uh, it's how they say with entrepreneurship, that discipline that you, for some reason with an hourly or salaried job, subject yourself to, uh, it's not something you've chosen, it's something that's put on you, which is very interesting psychologically. So most people are unwilling to unyoke themselves from that, which they don't have to think about. They don't have to think about their enslavement that much. They just show up and they're like, well, I guess this is where I'm supposed to be. And somehow they just doze off there for their entire life. But people that are ambitious, uh, they realize they have to cattle prod themselves and build out structure, build out discipline, build out daily discipline, and that which has an accumulative effect. And uh, that's the most difficult thing. Success anywhere in anything is achievable if you can do just that, become your own boss, set up the, um, the boundaries for yourself and not let some, some other boss somewhere that, that's an idiot do that for you in your life. Uh, so, and I think perhaps, um, yeah, I'm so close to success, like so close. <laughs> and yet there's still these hindrances. Ah, uh, there was this prior to last night. So, um, it had to do with Kelly waking up and seeing a net above us. And um, I recognize that as something positive. Uh, I'd been dealing with a, a net earlier that day and uh, I recognized it as uh, I use it as being necessary for growth. <clears throat> Long story short, so I, I recognized it as a symbol I'd just gone through really bad day, really bad week. Uh, this, yeah, last week, specifically Tuesday, last Tuesday, which was Moon in Cancer, the 28th of February. That was a bad day for me. <laughs> and uh, Thursday, I have a green smiley face. That was, that was decent. Friday was, was decent as well. Um, and then today I'm just being careful uh, with, with, uh, with everything. So I think the lesson I learned from last Tuesday, which, you know, Mars, day of Mars, and it's, I've said in my trading, it's, it's on definitely on paper, my worst day, uh, on an average of five day trading weeks, it's it's been absolutely the most horrific day to me many times before, which isn't the usual. Generally, traders get in trouble on Friday, but for me, it's Tuesday. Um, so what I learned from that is, had I not gone through that, I immediately recognized it. After I stopped being angry, 
I immediately recognized that uh, that was needed for growth. And if that had not happened, I would not have had the realization I did that sprang from it almost immediately that awakened this part of my brain that was dormant in what I was doing. That should not have been. It should have been active since day one. And that's what's so jaw-dropping to me about the discipline of trading. Like it can show you new things about yourself that you're totally have been blind to. And if you just stick with it, it's brutal, but it, it will bring discipline to your life uh, or it will kill you. <laughs> it will do one or the other. It will just ruin you or it will teach you discipline if you let it, if you don't fight it. Some people, when they see the cops, uh, <clears throat> I was watching this chase yesterday. The guy just, um, he carjacked a uh, truck and then uh, started running from the cops and then started shooting some sort of semi-automatic rifle out the, <laughs> out the window, residential area. Did it like three or four times and I was like, I'm watching the end of this guy's life. Uh, Smoke and Scan is the YouTube channel uh, to watch for this kind of live action stuff. It'll, it'll hit the news like much later. Uh, but um, he didn't die. He uh, finally they wrecked him and then they beat the crap out of him. <laughs> But at that point, you're like, yes, yes, beat the crap out of him. Because there he is endangering so many innocent people for so long of a time, uh, shooting into those residential areas. So many, there was at one point, there was children crossing the road and your fury just grows as you're witnessing this live from the chopper feed. Uh, I, I totally forget why I brought this up in the first place at this point. <laughs> But uh, it's like you're, the, when you first get involved, it's like you're that guy just running around and there's just, it's gonna, it's not gonna end well. It is not gonna end well until you actually like learn how to respond to uh, situations and it'll keep you on the road, keep you, you know, not being pulled over, not getting any trouble, but you're getting where you need to get and you're getting back and you're doing it on a daily basis and there's no no incidents like that where all of a sudden <laughs> it's a life or death situation. Oh, all right, so one more thing I wanted to do. I got lost there telling my own story. I wanna to go to last night on the astrology chart and just kind of see what kind of, uh, what kind of themes were popping off. back up. I don't know what time it was exactly. We'll start at 1 a.m. and move our way forward by 10 minute sections. Let me move this over a little bit. So 1.20 a.m. Let me back up. What time is that? That's uh, 10.10. Moon was on the Midheaven in Cancer. By 12.30 a.m., 
Moon's in ninth house in Cancer. Everything else is in the underworld except Mars, which is headed there. And it passes the descendant by 2.30 a.m. And everything is in the underworld besides the moon and the dragon's head. Uh, Saturn, Mercury, and the sun are in the third house in Aquarius, conjunct to each other. Jupiter and Venus are conjunct the IC in the fourth house in Pisces. Dragon's head is in Aries in the fifth house. Mars is in Taurus, just past the descendant in the sixth house. Anti-vertex is in Capricorn in the second house, and it's approaching the degree that's the trigger for me. So I, I would place a bet on it that it was when this thing hit 15 degrees that Kelly uh, saw the shadow kid. I would just put money on it. Um, so moon is, moon's in Cancer, eighth house. with the vertex. The boy, who is the boy? Who's the queen from the dream? Geomantic figure, Puer is boy and uh, corresponds to Mars. So Mars is just past the descendant into Taurus in the sixth house. Let me look at the statistics. Links of houses, I don't really understand yet. It's like not something, I just haven't read up on it, but I do like to look at the number <laughs> totals. And uh, generally they match the higher number there, the highest of these links of houses matches with generally whatever weirdness happened. And I see it again in this instance, uh, the eighth house has the highest number at 27. Next highest is 18th with the fourth house. Um, so back to the chart, the eighth house is where the moon is and the vertex in Cancer. So uh, this is kind of building the, the theme out there's a sextile with the moon and Mars, which is just past the descendant in Taurus. Camera's moving all over everywhere. Moon is square the dragon's head. Dragon's head is sextile, everything going on in the third house. 
Libra is in the 11th house. Uh, and there is the, uh, the dragon's tail. And that is trying all the stuff going on in the third house, Aquarius, with Saturn, Mercury, and Sun. Eighth house. I'm going to look at eighth house in Cancer. Do, 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 do. Uh, I don't know, man. All I know is a very intense underworld dream. And we have everything in the underworld. The queen is, uh, who's really interesting figure to me. Who would be the queen? Uh, Venus? In Pisces? She is trying the moon. Conjunct Jupiter also trying the moon in the fourth house in Pisces. In the IC. Other possible queen archetype would be Saturn uh, in Aquarius in the third. I'll look at fixed stars. Nothing going on with eighth house. I always like to look at the sky map as well. And sometimes I alternate just to cover all the bases because it's very hard to describe, but I think it's important. Okay, I had it on sidereal. Let's switch over to tropical. This this will present an entirely different picture. <laughs> I thought I had it on tropical to begin with, but as I say, I like to look at both. Um, I guess as succinctly as I could put how I look at it, one has to do more with the fixed stars or the gods per se, and the other, tropical, has more to do with you and the season. You're, you're, we're all in. Is that's how I, I kind of look at it, to put it in just a really short sentence. So, uh, Moon is still in Leo. What's changed is Mars would be in Gemini, ruled by Mercury, and then <clears throat> that's the sixth house. Uh, Venus and Jupiter 
are now in Aries in the fourth house with the IC. And I definitely think um, Aries would be more fitting, more fitting archetype for what this dream was about. Um, again, the might is right theme of the dream. It, it definitely would fit Aries and they're, Therein is Venus with Jupiter, kind of king and queen uh, in the fourth house. So, and again, they are still trying the moon. The aspects have not changed at all from sidereal to tropical. Uh, and then Sun, Mercury, and Saturn. Is that in Aquarius now? Saturn is in Aquarius and Mercury and Sun are very close by in Pisces. And it said, you know, what you most often hear about at the astrology chart is, well, the sun is what's shining on whatever it is. So I don't know about that. Uh, I think with what I deal with, it's moon stuff. Occult stuff is specific. That's like uh, maybe, I don't know. I think the whole sublunar thing with occultism, it's all lunar base. It's all decanal stuff. It's all definitely moon stuff. So uh, that's what I go to initially on astrology. Where's the moon? It's the first question I ask. Not where's the sun. Uh, so moon being in Leo, that vertex in the eighth house. In the eighth house, that is big mojo occult stuff, and uh, I, it is where I get. A lot of experiences with the uh, vertex being there in the eighth. That makes the anti-vertex the second house in Aquarius. And this is this is my uh, natal chart setup. And uh, as I mentioned, a trigger for catalyst. So first thing, moon in Leo in the eighth conjunct vertex. Next thing, what is it shining on? The boy, shadow boy being in the room last night. I think if you had to make it, you know, juxtapose uh, astrology chart that would be representative of the moon being sextile Mars. Again, Puer is the geomantic figure boy, uh, and this is in Gemini. In the sixth house, but the power of more. I would say more powerful or more potent aspects that the moon has going on uh, would be with both Venus and Jupiter in Aries in the fourth house. And that certainly fits the atmosphere more than, uh, more than it did sidereally, which we looked at first. Um, especially with the being royalty who I was dealing with. I was dealing directly with this queen uh of i don't know i, I russian queen of the underworld is <laughs> the best to describe it um and then jupiter here it's it's interesting other than that i don't know i got a parasite from it it's crawling around in my body headed for my main artery it's not the first time uh, honestly, and I thought I thought of that as well with this 
experience last night. So somewhere along the line, I have this um, recorded as well, and it goes back a, a while, but there was a queen bee. This, it wasn't a bee, it was a honeybee. It was some giant weird bee. Um, and it got on my back. This is in dream. It got on my back and uh, it stung me or put it something in me, put something in my back and you know, injected it into me. Um, and it was weird and creepy. And it was this giant queen bee that wasn't exactly like a regular honeybee queen or uh, it's just weird. And uh, at that time, I was really freaked out about it, but I bent down and I remember being in this old house and wooden floorboards and I found this coin and um, I picked it up and what it was, was the AA symbolism, Crowley's AA symbolism. And so it, it's just kind of really interesting those themes of queen insectile and you think anything with to do with insects traditionally is moon stuff is lunar stuff uh all the creepy crawlies that's all moon stuff so i don't know interesting stuff to ponder and that's that's all i got about it instagram hi what's up harris honeycut has uh, been a while man been a while that goes back to probably back to that time era when uh that queen bee experience happened but uh just made me think of it with this queen experience last night she was she was she was reminiscent of the uh alice in wonderland off with their heads which back to headlessness again uh very reminiscent very brutal brutal and i felt the whole time like i was being set up for something really bad i mean you know, seeing the bone in my arm and stuff, that was all freaky. Ah, now that, I mentioned a cobra dream. All right, this is the last thing. Um, I wrote this down too. So I've already forgotten the details of it. Let me find it really quickly. I post so much crap on Facebook. This is where for many years I've gone to with my dreams and I just keep using it because at this point all I have to do is put uh, dream or dreamt into the search and stuff from years ago pops up for me. Uh, da -da. Man, I'm still scrolling. Still scrolling. We're getting close, I think. <laughs> this is hilarious. Oh my God. I should just search dream and it should pop up. Did I pass it? Is it possible I posted this much crap since day before last? Good grief. I'm just going to search. Maybe I'll go that one more. It's not there.
All right, I'm gonna search it. Dranta. Post. Boy, that goes back. That's from 2016. At some point, I want to go through all of these that pop up and match, do like a whole, each one with astrology. I think it would be very beneficial. Mm -mm -mm, because that's how I know all that I know with astrology. Just pairing my experiences and seeing what was happening and then slowly dawning. It's kind of like when you first read the Golden Dawn or the Lemic correspondence stuff. It's after so long of looking at it, you can go into a grocery store and, you know, pair stuff to planets and even constellations and gemstones and all that. It just kind of after a while, you say, ah, this does work well as a cataloging system. Post from me. And we want to go to recently. Recent. Ah, here we are. I dreamt I was at a facility where my mom would die. She was laying back on a small, thin wooden rail. My dad, who is dead, was there. Shortly after being checked in, a nurse came in and told me she had died. Then my dad began to fail, and he was checked in. His sister and husband, who were dead as well, were there with their daughter, who looked tremendously old to me. I remember being at something like a funeral service. I felt incredibly dark and heavy and sad, and I have still this feeling with me as I type. I next was at something like a large public botanical gardens. I was on a bus with many young men who were martial artists. We exited and myself and another junior coach paired the men off with sparring partners as they came out the back of the bus. Each in turn began sparring with sparring gloves. As we refereed up and down the gardens following the sparring matches, we would randomly run into groups of people and we would move into the opposite direction to avoid them. The men, like many learning martial arts, even myself back in the day, were afraid to make contact with each other. I skillfully would move with the men following their fighting. I took flight into the air. Uh, I have not done this in my dreams in what seems like years where I levitate and can move freely about in the air. Just then the men began climbing a wooden tower on the garden grounds. I climbed with them. We were told it was haunted by a woman who had jumped from the top. I forget her name. And it was like an old fire tower. I believe they have one up at Mount Mitchell uh, that I used to go to as a kid. I think it's some, I don't know. I remember Devil's Rock. I think it's there, wherever that is. I've forgotten. Uh, as we approached the top, fear gripped me. I had only looked at the individual rungs on the way up. Now I looked far below. This was so relative to what happened last Tuesday. Was this on Tuesday? 
As we approached the top fear gripping, uh, anyway, I yelled to the men on the ladder below me to back down that I had, I had to come down. The men in front of me decided to do the same. It was painfully slow. So as I was so gripped with fear, I could barely move. I did see the top platform, small and rickety. Back on the ground, I was again very sure of myself. I glided along the landscape as a Kung Fu master would, my toes barely touching the ground. I landed atop a flower and sprung from it into the air. I looked back at the young men at the foot of the tower on a footbridge over a stream. They resembled troublesome satyrs. A large animal approached, I forget what. They began throwing spears at it. I winced and turned my back on them. There was a young woman, an employee of a business on the grounds, which stood up on a hill. She was watching me. I sprung to another high hill. As I landed next to me was a large bird's nest. And there were, there were a lot of large eggs in the bird's nest. I slowly realized that right next to my hand was a very large black cobra that had coiled itself in a circle around the bird eggs. Its hood began to slowly raise up and we made eye contact. I closed my eyes and felt its fangs sink into my hand. And that place is where whatever that queen from the dream last night put the parasite in, I looked down at my hand and that was where there were two holes. <laughs> exactly where this had happened. Um, weird. But uh, that, I, I didn't, I closed it already and I didn't see the date. It was very recently. Like It could have been Tuesday or it could have been Wednesday. Possibly even Thursday. Regardless, it was very um, symbolic of what had happened Tuesday, what would happen Tuesday, uh, the last day of the month of February. And it's, it's, I described it exactly. I had been going up rung by rung, and suddenly I realized the height I was at. I looked down, I, I, then I looked at the top, and I realized how high the top platform was, and I was just like, I froze. And I was like, I had got to go back down. And uh, essentially, that's what happened <laughs> in reality. And so now we're back down there, rung by rung again. And I realized it's okay. Uh, it's okay. And there was a something changed within me from that failure I, that I was talking about earlier. Um it's like I realized I had a realization. And uh, I've said through a lot of the initiations before, snake bites were part of uh, what happened or snake encounters. And uh, I've had snake dreams going back since childhood. I remember my dad had a garden, big garden, and I would dream there were snakes covering the ground and I was trying to walk through them. That was a reoccurring dream many times from childhood. Uh, but I think, again, with the venomous bite, did I say that right? Uh, anyway, with it's a, it's a very scorpionic type thing again and points to transformation and a death of some sort. And uh, 
it's it's where the big mojo's at through those experiences. You can't really grow without encountering dragons. It's impossible. Were it not for dragons, nobody would have the ability to grow. So uh, I don't get freaked out about it, any of this stuff. I look at it uh, in that that manner. And the way the reason I do is because I can look back now uh, as a seasoned magician and through all the stuff that scared the absolute hell out of me. <laughs> and I could look back and see <clears throat> how I grew from those and how they were necessary. Uh, very rough and brutal, but how else are you gonna grow? All right, I'm done now. Thanks for watching. See you guys next time. Bye.